Warner Bros. is killing cinema, Clifford the Big Red Dog has a trailer, and Baby Yoda now has a name all coming up on Live Action Remake. Welcome back to Live Action Remake, your source for movie news, TV news, reviews, and recommendations. My name is Diego, and what a week it is to be having a movie podcast. So much has happened in the last two weeks. I am so sorry, you guys, for missing last week. I had so much to do with homework and finals, but I'm back. School's over for me, so this is all I have to worry about besides my job. And so much has happened in the last two weeks. The death of two icons, Warner Brothers throwing a wrench into the whole movie system, Mads Mikkelsen replacing Johnny Depp. There's the new Hawkeye series to talk about. So much news has come out, and I'm so excited to talk to you about all of it, including two new episodes of The Mandalorian, which I gotta say, I can't wait to talk about. But let's get started, as we usually do, with movie trailers, starting with Clifford the Big Red Dog, something I never thought I needed, and I still don't think I need, because it's horrifying. If you haven't seen it, Clifford is animated so creepily. It's only about a 20 second trailer and it shows him next to a bunch of other regular sized dogs. But my god, did they get the color wrong, the animation wrong, and the idea that people want a live action Clifford the Big Red Dog, because I don't think anybody does. But let me know what y'all think. It's actually up on our Facebook page at Live Action Remake. Check out the video. You can also see the trailer for We Can Be Heroes, <laughs> the movie I can't stop talking about, the sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. We finally see a good look at the superhero team that the movie will be centered around, the heroics and their children. You see Miracle Guy, Techno, I think their names are. There's Shark Boy and Lava Girl, obviously. And all their kids are put in a room because all the heroics have fallen. We finally have a decent plot. The movie doesn't look great, I'm not gonna lie, but it has an amazing cast, and it's gonna be on Netflix, so why not check it out? I'm going to. And I'll probably watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl before then, to make sure I know the plot and make sure I know where the characters are at that point. I don't know. I can't wait to see it. I'm just I'm just happy to have something to look forward to, you know? Finally, we have Ryan Murphy's Prom, which I, I have spoken about before, but there has been a second trailer. It has James Corden, Meryl Streep, Keegan-Michael Key, and it centers around a girl who just wants a prom so she can take a girl on a date. It seems like a pleasant movie with a lot of musical numbers. I love a good musical. I love a good spectacle, so I'm very excited for this one. I can't wait to see it this month on Netflix. Now on to big movie news. Starting with Warner Brothers and HBO Max have made an unprecedented move, making all of their 2021 films available on HBO Max and in theaters on the same day of release. This includes Space Jam A New Legacy with LeBron James, Dune with Timothy Chalamet, Tom and Jerry, The Suicide Squad from James Gunn, Judas and the Black Messiah, In the Heights, Godzilla vs. Kong, The Matrix 4, Mortal Kombat, The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos movie, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, the third movie in the Conjuring uh, universe, Malignant, Those Who Wish Me Dead, King Richard, The Little Things, and Reminiscence. Each will be available for only 30 days and will simultaneously be released in theaters. Now, I think in 10-15 years, when we look back to 2020 which is a horrible year to look back to, we'll look and see this as the day that movies began to die. The movie theater industry began to die because this is just the way for HBO Max and Warner Brothers to make the most money through subscribers while not having to pay theaters and really screwing over the theater companies, all of them. I'm sure that the city I live in, I live in Chicago, 
will be safe and have a few theaters when this is all said and done, but theaters are going to go out of business. This is the beginning of the end of movie theaters. And if Disney decides that this is a good idea, then we're really screwed because once Disney does this as well, which they may do now, because they may have set a precedent. Black Widow may go to streaming. Eternals may go to streaming. Flea Guy. All of the new Disney movies might go directly to streaming now. They're doing it with Soul. And they started with Wonder Woman this year. But we didn't think that it was going to go on to all of 2021. And now it is. It for sure is. And that is ridiculously bogus. I think they should have done this until June, maybe. But stopped and then brought people back into theaters. Because... We need theaters. It is essential to the movie-going experience. Movies were made to be seen in theaters. That's how they were properly made. And once you take that away, now they're going to be made to be seen at home, which changes what we see on screen. That's just how it's going to be. But I digress. That is the news. As a movie-going fan, I'm excited to see these movies. I'm excited that, for sure, I will see a lot of these movies next year. But as a fan of going to the theater, I am very disappointed with Warner Brothers. Mads Mikkelsen officially is going to replace Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. A lot of people are upset that Johnny Depp is being replaced, but the same amount of people are happy that at least it's Mads Mikkelsen. He's a great actor. Hannibal, Doctor Strange. I'm sure they just looked at Doctor Strange and went, hey, he could play an evil wizard. That's what they did. The death of two icons happened in the last two weeks. David Prowess and Hugh Keyes Byron passed away, uh, both playing iconic villains Darth Vader and Immortal Joe. If you're not a big sci-fi fan, you may have not heard of Immortal Joe. You've definitely heard of Darth Vader, though, because Darth Vader is the most iconic villain in general, I think. <laughs> definitely sci-fi related. And many people give James Earl Jones the credit for that, and that's fair. But David Prowess really gave you all of the emotion, all of the physical emotion of Darth Vader. The mannerisms that we all love about him, the force choke, the presence that he brings, that was David Prowess, and so you have to give him credit for that. And so it's really sad to hear that these, both of these actors have passed away, uh, Immortal Joe, <laughs> and I know he played another role in the original Mad Max, but that's what I know him from. An incredible actor. It's really sad to see both of these people go. I'm sure they're up there with Heath Ledger, you know? <laughs> the great, great villains that have passed away, so rest easy. James Wan is set to produce a Van Helsing movie for Universal. Is this <laughs> the beginning of the Dark Universe? I know I say this almost every week, but the Dark Universe, I know it's going to try to come back. And every time I hear news about it, I have to bring it up. Van Helsing, let, we'll see how it goes. Oscar Isaac has been cast as Snake in the Metal Gear Solid film. First off, what a year for Oscar Isaac. First, Moon Knight and now Snake. Those are two great roles for him, and he's a great actor. He deserves it. But two, is this another film that we could throw into possibly the Smash Bros. movie? I don't think that's ever going to happen, but if they do, now we have Snake. We have Sonic. We have Pikachu. I'm sure there's more. Just get a Samus movie, and then we get a Kirby movie, and now we have Smash Bros. <laughs> Oh, and the Mario and uh, Mario and Luigi are having a movie, I believe. So now we got it. There you go. We got more in the Smash Bros. universe. Uh, make it happen. Peter Dinklage will play the Toxic Avenger in a remake of the 1984 cult classic. I don't know much about the Toxic Avenger. I've seen a lot of clips of it, though. That's awesome. I, I think he's one of the best actors working today, so I'm very excited for that. This Friday, look to Disney to announce new movies, TV projects for Marvel, Lucasfilm, and Pixar because they have their Investor Day. So usually a couple of really cool announcements come from that. 
I'm hoping for some new Marvel news, maybe some, I don't know, concept art trailers. I'm excited. Speaking of Marvel news, let's go on to TV news because Hawkeye has begun filming and many key characters have been casted. Haley Steinfeld is our Kate Bishop officially. This has been rumored for so long. Haley Steinfeld kind of hinted at it on Instagram maybe a week ago, and then it was finally revealed with set photos that we released on our Facebook page that went almost, I think, viral. It got shared like 700 times. So if you want to check those out, check those out on our Facebook page. You can see Kate Bishop with her bow and arrow with Pizza the, Do- the Pizza Dog. Um, Lucky, I always forget his name. Pete, I almost called him Pizza the Dog. But Lucky the Dog, the Pizza Dog. A couple of villains have been casted too. Froffy will play the mercenary, the clown. Froffy, you may know him from... Les Miserables, I believe it's called. Tony Dalton will play Swordsman, a mentor and villain of the series. He is the mentor of Hawkeye, so that's kind of cool. They're bringing back a little bit of his past. Florence Pugh will return from Black Widow as Yelena Belova, the second Black Widow. That means we're going to have the second Black Widow and the second Hawkeye in one movie. I think they're definitely setting up Young Avengers, and they're definitely setting up Hawkeye to be a mentor in this show because they're also bringing in newcomer Alequa Cox, and she will play Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, from the comics. So that's three major young superheroes under the wing of Hawkeye. It seems like he he is going to have his own team that he's going to be teaching the ropes, making them all on the road to Avengers. So that's going to be really cool to see. Hawkeye's family will play a role in the film, uh, in the uh, show. So this seems to be after Avengers Endgame, which many believe that it was going to be during his time as Ronan. But I guess not. It also seems to be that Hawkeye is going to go deaf during this show slowly. So that's going to be a main part because he seems to be having a hearing aid. It looks awesome. I'm really excited for the Hawkeye show. I'm excited Jeremy Renner is getting a little bit more work. And I'm really excited for Haley Steinfeld. They're both singers. So I wonder if they're going to do a kind of song for the show. I think that would be kind of funny. But it's very possible. I don't know. Let let them do the theme song. Please let Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner do the theme song. Please. Concept art for House of Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff, have been released. It just shows a couple of cool dragons. I like dragons. I have not seen Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. I was a little late to that, but I hear it ended horribly. So, <laughs> Blood of Zeus, a Greek mythology anime, has been renewed at Netflix for season two. I'm a big anime guy with uh, Greek mythology. That sounds cool. I can't wait to see it. Walking Dead has been renewed for a season seven. That is Fear the Walking Dead. I've heard bad things about this one, so I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> Ava DuVernay is teaming up with Arrow EP Jill Blackenship to make a Naomi show for the CW. Naomi is a very recent DC Comics character, uh, an average teen superhero from an alternate Earth that uses energy-based powers monomously as Naomi. That's her name. <laughs> she discovered that she was sent to this Earth to be preserved from Zumbado, the destructive conqueror of her birth Earth. Birth Earth. That's kind of a funny word. Uh, yeah, she's a relatively new character. I don't know much about her, but I like that they're still making new shows for the Arrowverse because it seems like they're trying to kill it off. HBO Max is trying to kill off the Arrowverse. And with the new move from HBO Max, I am glad that they're not succeeding. <laughs> David Ramsey will reprise his role as John Diggle in The Flash, Supergirl, Superman and Lois, Batwoman, and Legends of Tomorrow, and he will direct five episodes. Now, if you don't know, this is going to be minor spoilers for Arrow, but John Diggle is heavily implied to be John Stewart because his father, or his stepfather, is like Colonel Stewart. So he should have taken on the name Stewart, and on, a, on another Earth, he would have been John Stewart. Also, at the end of the show, Arrow, he gets a Green Lantern ring. 
So I'm hoping this is the Green Lantern arc that we've been waiting for John Diggle. Because he kind of just serves as a soldier character, sidekick for Arrow. Which is cool, but John Diggle deserved better. I'm hoping we finally get Green Lantern in the Arrowverse. Joss Whedon exits the Nevers on HBO, which Ray Fisher believes to be because of the Warner Media Justice League investigation. I hope so, because Joss Whedon deserves it. Uh, keep firing him. Don't give him any more work. As a used-to-be fan of him, very disappointed with him. Black Mirror creator Charlie Brooker is making a mockumentary about 2020 for Netflix called Death to 2020 with Samuel L. Jackson, Lisa Kudrow, Joe Keery, and Leslie Jones. I started watching Black Mirror as the pandemic started and I thought this is not the time. So I haven't gotten back to it. I saw the whole first season. I loved it. Love what he's doing with that show. Can't wait to see more, but I won't until this is all over. That is absolutely for sure. Now that we're done with that, I am finally allowed to talk about The Mandalorian. There were two episodes that we missed from the last two weeks. So if you haven't seen them, pause the episode right now and go to Disney Plus and watch those two episodes of The Mandalorian because you are going to want to. They are amazing. Go watch them. Go watch them so we can talk about it because there is a lot to talk about in three, two, one. Now, we're starting with episode five, which I have to say was my favorite episode until I saw episode six, where we finally get to see the live action version of Ahsoka Tano. Rosario Dawson destroys the role. She absolutely seamlessly goes from animation to live action, which I have to say in the Star Wars universe, they go from live action a lot and it's a very easy transition. But to go the other way is not that easy. The only other character I can think of that's done it is Saw Gerrera. And Saw Gerrera, there was a huge time jump. So basically Forrest Whitaker got to do whatever he wanted with that role. Rosario Dawson did not have that same luxury. She only had about, a, I think it's a 10 year, maybe 15 year difference between the last time we've seen Ahsoka. And people love that character. That character started from a place where people hated. And it slowly became the most, one of the most at least, beloved characters in Star Wars, the most consistently loved character in Star Wars. And the fact that she came in and just annihilated it with one episode, props to Rosario Dawson. Now, another thing I just want to say, as a person of color, to see Mando and Ahsoka played by two people of color was awesome because you don't get enough of that in Star Wars. And they were the two main characters of this episode and arguably two of the best characters in the Star Wars universe now, maybe the two best. And to see them both played by a person of color, that is incredible. That has to be acknowledged. We start off the episode with Ahsoka just annihilating people on this planet. I thought we were going to have to wait a lot longer to see her. Like she would be in the last moments of the episode as they did with Boba Fett. But no, they just start off the episode. Ahsoka's here. Ahsoka's killing these people. She's hiding in the smog. And she'll show up with her lightsabers. They'll go up and then there she is. Kills you, turns them off, and there she goes again. Much like a ninja. It's a great scene. This episode, more than any other episode, has a very distinct aesthetic to it. Very smoggy, very smoky. I loved how it looked. It looked like the whole planet was being drained of its resources, just as it is said it's being. Morgan Elspeth, I believe is the name of the character, has taken over the planet and has taken all their resources, holding the people hostage on Corvus, and Elspeth makes a deal with Mando for a Beskar spear in exchange for killing Ahsoka. Mando, of course, doesn't really want to do this. He just wants to go find Ahsoka, so he agrees. And when Mando goes to find Ahsoka, their fight, while it's brief, was one of my favorite moments of the episode. Because you really see how Mandalorians and Jedi did fight. It has those Clone Wars kind of feel to it. And I loved it. I loved 
the the fire. I loved her flips and him tying her up and really trying to figure out how to fight him. I also love that it only lasted very quick. Like it was like a solid twenty seconds because there's communication. Because of course he would stop the fight. Unlike Batman versus Superman, where no one can talk for some reason and they fight. That's a whole other rant. But just <laughs> I just like that it was quick and he was like, wait, wait, wait. I have something to tell you. He reveals that Baby Yoda's name is Grogu, which is a cute name. I don't mind it. I actually like it, to be honest with you. And that he survived Order 66, which means that, you know, Anakin didn't get to him. He got away. I don't know how. Who was his master? Is he related to Yaddle or Yoda? I hope so. <laughs> I hope he's Yoda's son. That would be awesome. But we don't know for sure. We just know that he survived Order 66. So we know a little bit more about Grogu, which is cool. Elsbeth and Ahsoka have a really cool fight that lead to Ahsoka asking the question, where is Admiral Thrawn? Which that has huge implications. The Star Wars Rebels universe and the book universe and legends. He was a major character. They brought him back for Rebels and he became the main villain of the show. One of my favorite villains. And not only that, if you've seen Rebels, you know where there is Admiral Thrawn, there is Ezra Bridger. Which means Ezra Bridger may be on the show at one point. And he is one of my favorite Jedi. So the fact that they're finally giving us some answers as to where Ezra is, that's exciting to me. She tells Mando to go to Tython for Grogu to find his mentor in the form of a Jedi as he reaches out through the Force. Which is what he does in the next episode. Okay, now we're going on to episode 6. So, if you haven't seen episode 6, again, pause the episode and go watch it because it's so good. Finally, Mando knows where to take Grogu, so he takes him to Tython for Grogu to reach out into the Force. But when he does this, Grogu creates a Force field around himself, which makes Mando a sitting duck for the Empire, which is to come. Not only that, and this got me really excited and caught me off guard, was when I saw Slave 1. I did not know that we were going to get more Boba Fett in this season. I really thought they were saving him for next season. Or, as you may have heard from one of my other episodes, I thought maybe that wasn't even Boba Fett. I thought that could have been one of the clones. And I was hoping for that. Because one thing you may know about me is I don't like Boba Fett. Or I, at least, I didn't like Boba Fett. I will be honest, really changed my mind after this episode. <laughs> Boba Fett comes back for his armor, claiming that it is his. And he brings back Ming-Na Wen, which was cool. I didn't know that they were going back, going back to Ming-Na Wen so soon either. I thought that was definitely a season three reveal. I had forgotten about her for quite a minute, but I was excited to see her back again. Boba Fett saved her at the end of the episode from season one. So that was kind of cool to bring him back with her. He now has a partner. And they basically make a deal with Mando to protect the child for the armor. First of all, the fighting in this episode may be the best in any episode in the Mandalorian. The raw brutality of Boba Fett without the armor? Fantastic. Amazing. Tamora Morrison, who you may know who played Jango Fett, returns as Boba Fett and he annihilates the role. He does more with that role than anyone has ever done in animation, in live action. He does more with that character in this one episode. And this episode, it reminded me of a question my friend once asked me after the first season of the Mandalorian, which was, would Boba Fett take on Mando in a fight? And I said, absolutely not. Mando has done more than Boba Fett in two episodes than he did in three movies. Or in two movies. And my friends had agreed. But now, I think Boba Fett might take him on. It would be a hard-fought battle if it's Tamora Morrison. He has that old man dad strength. Just incredible. He reminded me a lot of M'Baku 
from Black Panther and Infinity War, like that even his staff, like it was just beating people with it. At one point, the fight seems to be going toward the Empire. And when Boba Fett gets the armor back, I was very excited. <laughs> he does so many cool things with it on, even more than with it off. He was my favorite part of this season so far. He has to be, for sure. The thing that we now have to talk about is the unfortunate loss of Grogu. Grogu's force field goes down in the Empire and Moff Gideon get him. And they went off into to light speed, so now we don't know where he is. We have no idea where Grogu is. And that really broke my heart. The other thing that broke my heart, which really surprised me, was the death of the Razorcrest. I didn't know how attached I was to that ship until it blew up. That sucked. And now we don't know where to go. So what does Mando do? He is gonna go get Bill Burr. <laughs> Which I was also happy about. Bill Burr was one of my favorite parts of last season. I loved that episode. And so the fact that he has to go get this guy out of prison who's just complete scum is going to be a lot of fun. And they seem to really be assembling quite a crew for the final episode. I think we all know where the final episode is going. Cobb Van, <laughs> Boba Fett, Ming-Na Wen, Bill Burr, probably Cara Dune, Carl Weathers, maybe they remake IG-88 if possible, probably not. <laughs> but... They're definitely assembling a crew for a heist in the end of this episode, and I'm I'm pretty sure the Beskar Spear is going to be what he's going to use to fight Moff Gideon. I'm thinking by the end of that episode, he reclaims the Darksaber. I'm hoping at least. That would be really cool, because I think Mando deserves it, if anyone. Maybe Bo-Katan. Oh, Bo-Katan will definitely come back as well, I'm sure. Ahsoka Tano. They have so many options as far as an awesome crew to bring together. They're going to be stacked. I'm so excited for it. The other thing I didn't get to talk about was who Yoda might be may be reaching out to. Baby Yoda, Grogu. My theory is Ezra Bridger because they, they did the connection with Thrawn and Ezra Bridger is that character that we have not seen enough of yet. I think he could make a great third party to the crew. I believe the actor's name is Taylor Gray would be about the age that Ezra would be at this time. The other awesome option is Cal Kestis, uh, the Jedi from... Jedi the Fallen Order. He is awesome beloved from his video game and the actor oh, they'd have to age him up but he is very much alive and very much can play the role and then finally he could be reaching out to Luke Skywalker which would be a huge move to bring him back into live action at the younger age. Sebastian Stan has been saying he wants to do it so I would love Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker. I think he looks just like him. He'd look just like an older uh, Luke so go for it. Bring Luke in. Have him train Grogu Maybe Grogu is one of the Knights of Ren. <laughs> we don't know. That's a possibility, but that would be cool. All I know is I'm really excited for these last two episodes. It seems the next episode is going to be them breaking out Bill Burr. Let me know what y'all thought of the last two episodes of The Mandalorian. Are you excited? I know I am for sure. Now we're going on to what I'm currently watching. As of right now, I'm on the second episode of Selena the Series, a show I've been talking about for a minute. I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. A lot of people are. It doesn't seem to be going much into Selena, the character, more into their family. But I think the actors are very good. It's nice to see more Hispanic people getting work. So I'm going to keep watching. Hopefully by the end of the series, I like it. But I'm, on, I'm only two in. So that's just honest. I, it's okay for right now. But I recommend at least giving it a shot. Because it's only one season. I believe it's nine episodes. So, I mean, what else are we doing in COVID? You know what I mean? <laughs> the other thing I watched, which I'm a little ashamed of. I'm ashamed I watched it, but I did. My girlfriend has never seen Star Wars. So... We wanted to see a couple of Star Wars episodes so I could show her what it was about. I've been talking about the Mandalorian so much, and I've told her so much about the Clone Wars that she doesn't even know in general, but she knows a lot of key points. So she really wanted to see it. So we started with the prequels, which is arguably the wrong way to start it. 
I agree. But I think as far as the Star Wars universe goes, a lot happens in the prequels that you need to explain. So I think it's better to just start there just to get it over with, right? And I've realized that the prequels in hindsight, they're bad. They're not good movies. I don't think they are. But I think the writing and the CGI is bad. But I think the plot is pretty smart. I think they have some really cool characters. I think they have Darth Maul. Uh, Dooku is not as bad as I remember. I like Grievous. I like Sidious. Anakin's the worst. Anakin is by far the worst part of that trilogy. But Padme is great. Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan is iconic. There was a lot of really good lightsaber fights. There was a lot of really intense moments. I didn't remember how much I enjoyed Ewan McGregor's monologue at the end of the series where he's talking about how much he loved Anakin and that he was his brother. I think Ewan McGregor really nails that feeling and it really makes the next movies even more emotional for me. It does ruin Darth Vader. <laughs> I, I think that Anakin definitively made Darth Vader less cool. But I think if the prequels gave us the TV show The Clone Wars, which in turn gave us Rebels, I think overall the prequels are an acceptable evil for me. So I rewatched all three of them with my girlfriend. I, I recommend you guys rewatch it too. I think in hindsight, especially with Rise of Skywalker, you'll realize that there's some good things about it. <laughs> Maybe not the best, but it's not the worst either. I don't know. Let me know what y'all think about the prequels. Finally, I want to end the show with a couple of recommendations. And my recommendations this week, it's more than one, but check out whichever one you like. There is a series of documentaries called The Blank That Made Us. They are the toys that made us, the films that made us, and now the holiday films that made us. And they go into detail about some of the most iconic films, some of the most iconic toys, I personally love the toy episodes, that really made us as children anywhere from the 70s to now. So they have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Hello Kitty, they have an episode on Transformers, they have an episode on G.I. Joe, and as far as the movies go, they go into Ghostbusters, they go into Home Alone, and the Christmas movies, they go into The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Elf, and they're very fun, very... <laughs> creative documentaries. I enjoy them a lot. There's a lot of fun different stories. I think everyone can find something they can enjoy from those documentaries. And I love the people who make these shows. I think you should definitely check them out. Very, very fun. Go give them a watch. They're all on Netflix, all the episodes. They're all about 40-ish minutes. So it's like a quick episode. I, I love to learn a couple of new things about movies and about toys and about pop culture. If you're into that, go check it out. And that's really all I had for this week. Uh, let me know what y'all think about all the new movies that are going to HBO Max. Let me know what you think of the new episodes of The Mandalorian. Let me know if you like Mads Mikkelsen. If you like Boba Fett. The new Black Mirror mockumentary that's going to come out. How do you feel about Joss Whedon? Give us an email at liveactionremakepodcast at gmail.com. Or, you know, follow us on Facebook if you want this news first. We have a, now a decent following on Facebook. We have almost 500 people on Facebook, which is so exciting for me. So please go follow, give it a like, or check us out on Instagram. We have a much smaller following on Instagram, at Live Action Remake. I'd love that page to get a little bit bigger, get the news out. I just want to be a reliable source to y'all, and I hope y'all enjoy the podcast. Please, it helps us grow if you can give us a like and a follow. I very much appreciate it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all are all safe. Have a nice end of your year. I think things are looking up, hopefully. And I'll be back next week with some new news. Stay safe. Wear a mask. You know, do what you love. I'm signing out.